chapter number ten of molly brown's senior days by nell speed this librivox recording is in the public domain the polite freeze-out they had seen the cloisters and the library and the hall of science and all the show-places at wellington and now miss julia keene and mr james lufton might be seen strolling across the campus in the direction of the lake it was one of those hazy mid-autumnal days neither cold nor hot a blue mist clothed the fields and hung like a canopy between sun and earth judy had changed her best velvet for a walking skirt and a red sweater and jimmy lufton glanced at her with admiration from time to time it's a mighty becoming way of dressing you young ladies have here he said those sweaters and tam-o'-shanters are prettier to me than the fittest clothes on fifth avenue then you don't agree with miss slammer asked judy i probably don't but as it happens i never asked her opinion you don't know what miss slammer thinks of college girls the way they dress and talk jimmy hesitated as a matter of fact he had never seen the libelious article by miss slammer he had been absent in a remote village in the mountains writing a murder trial when the article had appeared therefore he was not suspicious of judy's unexpected question i can tell you what i think of college girls he went on as they neared the edge of the lake i think they are the jolliest most natural interesting wholesome best-looking companionable judy began to blush he was looking straight at her as he delivered himself of this stream of adjectives would you like to canoe a little she asked changing the subject would i exclaimed jimmy with a sudden boyish expression that made his face so attractive i should rather think i would i haven't had the chance to paddle a canoe since i left college it was just the day for canoeing the surface of the lake was as smooth as glass except where the paddles of the other canoeists stirred its placid surface into little ripples and miniature waves judy thought it would be nice too she was enjoying herself immensely with this lecturer who looked like a boy without any of a boy's diffidence do you lecture often she asked when they had settled themselves in the canoe and he was paddling with a skill she recognized as far from being amateur i don't mind making speeches answered jimmy i made a lot of them the last campaign cart-tail speeches they are called only our cart was an automobile there were four or five of us who toured the east side and took turns talking to the crowds i should think you'd be a politician instead of a writer on anti-suffrage remarked judy jimmy grinned as he shot the canoe toward the center of the lake 
is that what i'm credited as being he asked a well-known writer on the subject quoted judy if i had read that note over i think i would have been tempted to scratch out the well-known he said especially as the only article i ever wrote was signed a wife and a mother judy's eyes darkened was miss slammer to libel them and then send down an impostor to make fun of them her impressionable mind was as subject to as many changes as an april day and her recent pleasure in mr lufton's society changed to displeasure as a suspicion clouded her thoughts you had a good deal of courage to come to wellington then she observed after a pause at least we think you did after what miss slammer wrote about us a hunting dog on the scent of quarry was not keener than jimmy when he came to scenting out news and it took about five minutes of careful and skillful questioning for judy to explain the entire situation by jove but that was like old beatrice to send me down here into a hornet's nest he thought i'll have to get square with them somehow before the lecture or it will never come off i assure you i didn't know anything about the article he said aloud to judy i only came to accommodate miss slammer she told me yesterday at the office she was ill then you aren't a lecturer or a writer broke in judy miss slammer and i work on the same paper didn't she say that in the letter judy shook her head i'm afraid you'll think i'm an impostor miss keene but i had no intention of sailing under false colors i think i'd better take the next train back to new york and give up the lecture it would be better to run away before i'm frozen out don't you think so judy was silent for a moment her rage against mr james lufton had entirely disappeared and she again had that feeling that she would like to protect him from the wrath to come what is a polite freeze-out exactly jimmy asked well while you lecture you are going to look into rows of stony faces and when you finish there is not to be a word spoken not a single hand-clap nothing but stillness as the girls file out of the hall jimmy laughed a sort of glacial exit i suppose it makes me chilly to think of it miss slammer had a lucky escape they were paddling now in the very centre of the upper lake but so absorbed were they in their conversation that they had scarcely noticed a canoe in front of them suddenly there came a cry a splash and then a moment of perfect stillness followed by a confused sound of voices from the shore the next instant judy saw in front of them an upturned canoe and two heads just rising above the water 
before she had time to realize the danger jimmy lufton had torn off his coat flung his hat into the bottom of the canoe and with a carefully planned leap had cleared the side of the canoe sending it spinning over the water shaking and quivering like a frightened animal and now judy beheld him swimming with long strokes toward the place where the two heads had appeared disappeared and once more reappeared in that flash of a moment she recognized the blonde plates of margaret wakefield and the wet curls of jessie lynch as she mechanically paddled towards the struggling figures she remembered that jessie could not swim a stroke and that margaret could only swim under the most favorable circumstances in a shallow tank he can't hold both of them up at once thought judy with a throb of fear as she frantically beat the water with her paddle in her effort to reach them for a moment jimmy himself was in a quandary it looked as if he would have to let one girl go to save the other when he saw one of the canoe paddles floating within reach he gave it a swift push towards the struggling margaret put that under your arms and go slow he shouted and made for jessie in two strokes he had caught her by her coat collar and was swimming swiftly toward the upturned canoe even in the water jessie's irresistible attraction had prevailed the girls said afterward when they could discuss this almost tragic event with calmness hold on tight to the canoe little girl he said and turned toward margaret who was all but exhausted now he caught her just as she was sinking and held her up until a rowboat from shore reached them margaret was pulled in with much difficulty owing to her large bulk and at last jimmy feeling a trifle weary himself returned to jessie and helped her into another boat she was still sufficiently herself to achieve a smile of thanks to the handsome young man who had saved her life it was all over in a flash and yet it seemed as if the entire college of wellington could be seen running across the campus to the lakeside by the time the half-drowned trio reached land miss walker herself was there looking frightened and pale the girls were to go straight to the quadrangle be rubbed down with alcohol and put to bed as for the brave young man who had saved their lives he was to be taken to the infirmary where he could be made comfortable while his clothes were being dried when jimmy lufton dripping like a sea god found himself in the center of a group of beautiful young ladies all eager to show him honor as they hurried him along to the infirmary he gave a low assumed chuckle i hope i've squared myself with them now he thought and there'll be no polite freeze-out for me and no lecture either 
thank heavens while a delegation of three went to the village inn and ordered his suitcase sent up to the infirmary another delegation made him a hot lemonade in the infirmary pantry and a third went to the flower store in the village and purchased a huge bunch of violets this was laid on his lunch tray with a card from the senior class of nineteen in grateful recognition of your brave deed and so the world goes he who is down one day is up the next and jimmy who was to have been the victim of a blighting freeze-out by the wellington students was now an object of tender affection there came to mr lufton that afternoon a note stating that if he were quite recovered meaning my clothes thought jimmy the students of the quadrangle would be glad to have him dine with them that evening at six thirty i do feel like a blooming hypocrite he exclaimed to himself remorsefully here i came down to wellington at their expense to give them a fake lecture and they are treating me like a king but he accepted the invitation trusting to luck that his clothes would be dry and tipping the infirmary cook to press his trousers and black his shoes at half-past six then jimmy appeared at the quadrangle archway he wore some of the violets in his buttonhole and his keen dark eyes shone with suppressed humor a delegation of seniors met him and conducted him back to the dining hall where several hundreds of young persons all in their very best stood up to receive him a seat of honor was given to him at the end of the long table and every girl in the room liked him immensely not only for his broad jolly smile but because at the end of dinner he arose and without the slightest embarrassment made the most deliciously funny speech ever heard then the walls resounded with the college yell ending with what's the matter with mr lufton he's all right who's all right lufton lufton james lufton never was one unknown and entirely unworthy individual more honored End of chapter ten